I took some initiative. And there is a phrase that I would never get tattooed on me because it's not something I'll use in a pinch. I don't I don't rely on it frequently. I watched some of the Royal Rumble, and there are some concepts that we can use in MMA, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. It's I been an overload some. of grappling, and I need to know how you watched it. I have the TWC TV about to be Spectrum app where I get a little hookup for some work mm. stuff and I can watch the pay-per-view feed. Interesting. Well, Victoria and I were like, let's tune in. We haven't checked in since the 80s. So let's see what's what's rolling around. I watched from the point of um, it felt like every person coming out was a Bryant family member. All the way to Orton winning. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, if you haven't seen the the whole shebang. Or our meme. Or our meme, which was awesome. I enjoyed it. I also loved the wrestling games on N64. I don't know if we've ever talked. Do you remember the first wrestling games? Of course I do. It's fucking amazing. You could hit people with chairs. We just sat in a basement and laughed while playing that game for eight <laughs> hours straight. It was amazing. Uh, what were your thoughts? Was that a good on par with your norm? No, it wasn't a great rumble. Uh, the rumble, it's like I felt, you know, Goldberg, I really man, Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg was there. He, he's come back. Yeah, he's done a thing. Goldberg's looking 10 years older. Uh, that was a sad moment. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. The guy looks what like is- the wrestler. Now, <laughs> he uh, I remember him being a little a little more. Uh, it's been a few years, but good for him. Looks great. I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel bad because you had to subject Vicky to this. She was in. Oh, she was. Was she enjoying it or was she? Did she have a confused face as she was watching it? No, Vicky was in. She was uh, ready to watch the rumble, if you will. <laughs> Is that what people say? We don't know. Mm-hmm. The Undertaker. They kept calling him the Dead One or the, the undead, Dead Man. The Dead Man. And it was like, yeah. hey, just because he's old doesn't mean you have to go name calling. No, it, it's part of his gimmick. He's the Dead Man. Oh, okay. He comes from uh, parts unknown. Sure. I thought they were just being super hasty about his age. Like every few years they rebrand him. Um, but since he's essentially coming, what, down to like the end of his career, we're pretty sure this WrestleMania is his last one. I got one more question before I compliment it. Sure. Go ahead. Was Brock Lesnar. Does he have Jimmy John's logo on the back of his shirt? Yes, shorts? he does. In fact, you're now referring to Kelly's favorite aspect about Brock Lesnar. What My the- wife's favorite aspect about Brock Lesnar is the fact that he was sponsored by Jimmy Johns, stopped being a fighter in the UFC when they had if children if you can remember this, there was a time when you could have sponsors in the UFC. So if you weren't around for this time, it was glorious. Their shorts all- look like giant graffiti ads just filled with <laughs> shit you can't imagine. Just imagine taking all the ads you would put on a NASCAR driver and then put that on shorts. And then you get Condom Depot on asses. So. It's like, uh, Chael Sonnen, did someone take an advertising shotgun to your cock? <laughs> yes, they did. Thank you for asking. I'm sponsored by the following 37 companies. Chael yeah. Sonnen definitely was the person to be like, you know they did. And my beautiful tights have been... You know what? I have a chill story to tell you in a little bit as well, because it's not a, a great week for him, if we're being honest. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened. So we'll, we'll come back to chill in a second. But yes, 
The Undertaker is the dead man. They rebrand him every so often. Brock Lesnar also, yes, wears Jimmy John's on his shorts. Is that a problem for you, or do you admire it? I definitely don't admire it. And this isn't even a Jimmy John's thing. Love their sandwiches. Their delivery is top-notch at work. And they're Freaky fast. It is, by the way. They, they made it to work today like seven minutes. It's like, was he waiting when I called? He must have. Not did you Jimmy order John's Jimmy John's? At, John's at I did. Your, 100%. Your work? I was Ooh. trying to survive the day. They don't need to be on his fucking shorts. Why? <laughs> what is going on here? Because it looks... It looks so selectively weird that he just has these random advertisers. That's not a thing. They're not NASCARs in this particular sport. Goldberg's wearing, I mean, a little more than I remember, but Valley Tudos now. It's just that part to me was super weird. So you mean you tell me. Yeah, of course he needs the money. Wear a shirt that has Jimmy John's and take it off right when you get to the base. Because they're in a weird place where it's all you can see when he's maneuvering. Kev, hmm. are you really, are you really going to lecture Brock Lesnar as the sport of patch up your gi with whatever the fuck you want to patch it up with? We are in no condition to be casting That's stones in the glass houses. So let's chill it. And more importantly, I know you said it's not a Jimmy John's thing, but I feel it's an attack. I, I we like hear, and I will tell you the the God's honest truth. My wife has looked up the information on starting a franchise for a Jimmy John's. So it's real here in this household. And any stance that you take against it, well, I'm afraid we'll have very, very real repercussions. I I just said he should wear a shirt that has the logo and just take it off. It was just distracting while he was fighting. He's got this all black No, it's called marketing, Kevin. You saw it when he was wrestling. You know, I might have looked up if they delivered the moment to my home. For round (laughs) two, I thought I'd get a second one. This time I'll try the Billy Nightclub. I feel really bad because... Let's compliment it, though. I'm ready to go that route, too. Okay, good. I feel bad because you tuned in when the Rumble was not great. Because the rest of the Rumble, and I think I jinxed us save one match before you were watching it was actually pretty entertaining uh kevin i'm glad that you you were watching it because i feel like i did a good job kevin please explain what i did to you while you were at work all right today Mm -hmm. you sent me a photo of you watching it Mm -hmm. and what match in particular was i bringing your attention to i don't remember exactly what you're talking about okay i sent you photos of one chris jericho who was put above oh god i'm sorry yes please explain from there wait could you give me some context now that i know (laughs) that that was tonight okay here we go this is great to know what the fuck was he doing in a cage then yeah i did see him fighting and what I don't understand. People need to see these photos. It looks like one of those shark cages you would get yes. in for the Discovery Channel, except it's dangling above a ring. <laughs> Raf's explanation, which makes no sense to me whatsoever, was he's not allowed to be ringside. It's like, what? He's on fucking top of it. That, the top is a side. Above, contrary to popular belief, is still one part of a side, though mm-hmm. it makes me terrified about what geometry has been teaching for less. I don't know when I went to high school. What do you do? do? Do they release him? Does all of a sudden the drop box, if someone hits the bullseye at the top, like how do you get out? That'd be amazing. 
Okay, here's what's happened. Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens are best friends. So when Kevin Owens famously won the WWE Universal title, he went over and said, we're champion. So they came up with this, and I think it's hilarious, when they kept referring to themselves as, like, co-champions, even though he won it. (laughs) Like, Jericho, his promos for these were amazing. To the point where Jericho would interfere, as any good heel does, whenever your friend is in trouble. Kevin, I'd like to think I would interfere if you were caught in a bad submission. I would come in and be like, hey, what's going on over here? While you get out of it and then win the match. That's what best friends do, Kevin. Appreciate that. You're welcome. So he had done it a couple times, and then they said, you know what, Chris Jericho, we're going to hoist you above this ring in this shark tank. Because he was too much of a helper. Yes. Interesting. So can you describe the one photo that was making you laugh maybe more than I was? Uh, he's like his arm <laughs> is stretching out and he looks like he's like, let me out. And it's the fucking cutest slash creepiest thing I think I've ever seen on live television. So the thing that they did for that particular moment in the People match was. People paid money for this. This has this had sense of Fifty Shades of Grey could have sponsored this oh, all no. over it. Shut up, Kevin. He's getting Don't in the gray me. cage. I'm, I'm, I'm giving them marketing ideas. Jimmy John's is on his shorts. Oh, you don't want Jimmy John's, but you want to put in the Fifty Shades Ooh. of Gray Shark Tank. What yeah, about the Jimmy okay. John's cage? Now we're talking. Jimmy John's Rocket, cage like slap a sticker, but like <laughs> unparalleled quality. This match is being brought to you by Jimmy John's cage. Jimmy John's cages. <laughs> As is this cage podcast? So fast, it inverted. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, Kevin, take this seriously, please. This is a very important thing. (laughs) So they hoist Chris Jericho, and as they did it, well, I I guess I should give you some more context. Chris Jericho didn't go in willingly. He was asked by the ref to go into the cage, and he was very adamant he did not want to go in there. And I think they were trying to build a storyline of, like, he's afraid of heights. Oh, no, he hates things. Oh, no, he's going to freak out in there. He's such a – and I think at one point they said, like, He's a germaphobic, and I was like, I don't think that works. <laughs> I think that can't they, be. <laughs> they're trying to maybe say agoraphobic, and even that's still a little weird. But go on, commentators. <laughs> so uh, they end up beating up Roman Reigns, who was Kevin Owens' uh, opponent. And then Roman came back, beat up Chris Jericho, f- forces him into the cage. Chris gets uh, hoisted up, and that la- that moment that Kevin's describing – where Jericho's arm is coming out of the cage and trying to be like, no, please, was the moment I think I stopped. I paused it. I got a photo, and I said, Kev, I need you to understand why this makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) And he did. Uh, And I got to tell you, I definitely did get it. That one was a no-brainer. Okay. So that was fun. Then AJ Styles faced John Cena. That was a good match, which Cena usually, you know, eh. But AJ Styles is like an indie darling who's, uh, you know, a really good wrestler. He's really solid. And he was somebody who people thought would never be in WWE. So to have those two somehow make great matches works. And John Cena today very famously tied Ric Flair for the most amount of championship title ever. Boy, I watched ESPN, and the fact that they missed that gem is upsetting to me. Kev, don't don't wish it to be untrue, because here's the thing. ESPN is now covering it in ways that I never thought I would see. Like, it's part of their programming now. 
That is surprising. Mm-hmm. Well, they've uh, they are the worldwide leader in whatever this is, and I think True. this counts. I was impressed. I like the countdown technology, and I'd like mm-hmm. to cross apply this in grappling because I don't know that it applies in MMA. But how badass is a royal grappling match where you just keep releasing some of the baddest ass guys? It starts with like Keenan, Gary. <laughs> like they just keep throwing it. It escalates to like Galvan. Is that Lovato? That would be fucking spectacular. Oh, For 30 straight minutes, if 30 grapplers just kept coming out, you throw like five out for the first two minutes, and then I love it. I'm in. I thought that was. Uh, you're just you get excited. It's like who's coming out next, and what do they Kev, look like, and will I have heard of them? Almost as if you read a tweet that I put out that said, you know, jujitsu just like it needs a money in the bank match. Jujitsu also needs a royal rumble. Who's with me? Turns out a lot of people are. Uh, several comments came, uh, or a king of the ring tournament with finalists competing in an hour long Iron Man match. Most submissions wins. Now, I had to tell this individual who responded to us. I was like, no, we've done that. That, that is pretty close. He's like, that's awesome. His response was one that made me so happy because he responded, the best pod there is, the best pod there was, and the best pod there ever will be. And I was like, can we frame that? Because <laughs> I was just about to say. that's spectacular. That is, uh, that is a refrain for all of you uneducated and uncultured people from Bret Hart. And anything that gets us closer to being like Bret Hart on the show. We endorse. So thank you very much to Power Thrashing Death. <laughs> it's a really nice one. Someone put up Elimination Chamber, and I'm just not going to get into explaining that one. Kev, it's too much for you. Somebody else said Tables, Ladders, and Chair. I'm fine with that. Um, somebody said uh, you could have a match where you win, or you can only win by applying a specific submission for a contract prize. Again, things that we've done. Like I feel like these people have just watched our progression of the things that we come up with. And I appreciate that you've been you've early been on the train of trying to merge the better ideas of these sports. Yes. So that's hard not to. (laughs) Hey, which is a great way to remind people WWE BJJ week is coming up in two months. If we're on the road to WrestleMania, which is famously what happens after the Royal Rumble, that means we are on the road to WWE BJJ week. So if you guys have videos, get ready to submit those for us. Hey, and while you're doing it, five stars over there. Oh, yeah. Go give us some ratings. That'd be great. Uh, but the videos are fantastic and it's terrifying to me how many people have just been waiting to have these chambered. It's like, I've rolled with a lot of people that have been thinking about this. Mm-hmm. That'll make you think. Raph. Nico, Nico, I'm just saying, I also like, uh, like we've, we've joked about this, but I'll say this on air now. Um, Kev, you're familiar with the movie Iron Man, right? Yes. What is one of the coolest moments in any Iron Man movie? Uh, when he's arguing with his robot, when he's in his lab, when he suits up, <laughs> when he suits up, there we go. That's the one. So much like the way in every movie now, because they have to like top the last time, you know, the first in the first movie, it was just like, all right, this is him making the suit. The second movie is like, oh, get this. He's can, got like a suitcase where he can get a suit. By the time he makes it to the Avengers, he's just walking and then he can like have the suit on and off. And then when he's jumping off, it attaches to him via a watch. We've likened that for the sharpshooter videos where we're like, oh, wait, everybody comes up to me they're like, what's the transition this year? And I was like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so we have some that we're working on, but that has become our akin to the Iron Man suit, if you would. And we're excited for it. And we hope you are, too. But anyway, 
Yes. So any, this whole thing goes on, and then finally, by the time they get to the Royal Rumble, Kev, I was saying, you know, this has been a pretty enjoyable event. I'm glad I was watching it. And then the Royal Rumble happened to the point where people were yelling out, "This is bullshit!" And then they started like, <laughs> like was actually muting those things. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't love Randy Orton all the time, but I don't think it's even so much him. I think it's more so that they looked at like all these missed opportunities for big names, like the people you would recognize to win. But part of it is so that you're supposed to build up somebody and have them carry the show. It's a very difficult thing to explain. But yes, it could be a little more exciting. It was a little lackluster. So sorry for ruining the Royal Rumble, everybody. But while that was happening, Kevin, you should know that I was multitasking. So I didn't just leave it there. I was almost going to let you cover more of Submission Underground. You were watching it early, so you want to talk a little bit about that, and then I can tell you when I jumped on. You know, I'll say this about the undercards, and I wasn't catching the names because I was working while watching. Uh, First, they figured some things out in the production. I thought it was really smooth, so props to that. Fighters that I watched, I watched some interesting submissions and some interesting matchups. Like I was actually having fun, and... Gordon seemed a little bigger than his opponent. Wh- who was he supposed to fight? That wasn't that him, right? The the Joe Mays. He was. Supposed uh, to it fight- was supposed to be Monsoon. Oh, thank you. Yeah, okay, I was like, who was he supposed to fight? I was really excited about it. Yeah. He ended up taking on a leg lock specialist that held on longer than I thought he would. That's. I say that as a compliment. Just is for everyone, including when you're fighting Gordon Ryan. Well, he's billed as 5'8". And then my favorite thing is they build Gary as 5'10", which... So, hold on. That's actually awesome to know. You're telling me that guy might have been like 5'5"? For all I know, Kev, I don't know. (laughs) I'm just saying, what I saw Gary's... Jab of inference, you're like, here's the evidence, and it's like, (sighs) wait, Gary's not (laughs) 5'10"? Hold on. I'm just saying someone get an actual unit of measurement and tell me Gary is 510. That makes That's sense. all. And are we using shoes because that's fine. But like just look at the two of us in interviews. I guess this means I'm 510 too. So good for me. Oh, nice. Hey, that's not a terrible like uh being That's fine. I'm I'm sure Gary's going to get over it very very quickly. Although he won't get over what happened today. So we're going to talk about that very shortly. <laughs> so Gordon and him had a great match. Let's talk a little bit about Jeff Glover. Uh, and Chad Mendes. Okay, I was thinking about this, and I'm trying. I'm not. Tr- I'm trying not to overreact. Okay. So focus in on this. Not my, don't but tell I'm, me to focus. This is you to focus. I'm a little nervous. Is it possible Jeff Glover isn't as good in my head, or I'm sorry, isn't as good in real life as he is in my head? Because he was like one of those first grapplers, so I have an affection. I'm like, he's going to submit him. And that guy's fine, but he's not. Because that's sort of how I feel. And now after like continued fights where I'm like, you know, he's not really putting them in all that interesting of bad positions. What are your thoughts? What were your thoughts on the fight? I thought it was a great fight. I thought Jeff pushed the action. Um, I think that's a little intense of an assessment for Jeff. Because don't forget, Jeff is super good and very unconventional. So the hard part about... Jeff being like the best in the world because I think he had a shot at being super good. Um, but I think now he just is like, I don't give a fuck. And it makes it hard to have that drive for somebody. You're like, Jeff, what do you want to do? And he's like, I don't know, skateboard, whatever, man, jujitsu, baby. And that's like it. 
So in this match, I thought he was using some tactics. He was uh, threatening him a couple times with some really good heel hook attempts and uh, really good leg attacks. Chad just happened to be a wrestler who exploded out of those areas as most MMA guys want to do in those situations. So I wasn't upset there. I would say, however, maybe, and Jeff will be the first one to admit this, Kev, but maybe something happened. Damn. (coughs) So he's, and I, I always understand this and it's like, yeah, I mean, fighters are going through stuff. I can't imagine. It's like if they were turning on the news like I am before a match, it's like, oh, fuck. It was huge on the band. The Muslim ban that happened. No, 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 no. Here's what happened. So they get to overtime, and overtime is kind of a thing. So you either understand or you don't. I still had people who were messaging us saying, like, how does this overtime thing work? And I thought, oh, we've already covered this, right? EBI. This has to bode well for us, though. It has to mean that some new people are watching, right? Yes. Well, turns out one of the people who didn't know how the overtime works was Jeff Glover. Oh, uh uh-oh. Oh, I did actually see him get excited and cheer. I was like, oh, I, maybe I just thought he was like, surely I'm not getting submitted. I was like, confidence. I love it. <laughs> I'm in that too. So here's what happens, guys. And if you didn't see the match, go watch it. it it's fun. Um, Jeff obviously makes it entertaining in his crazy Jeff Glover way. When they get to overtime, Jeff Glover takes the back. He works for about 40 seconds, ends up getting in a rear naked choke. So then somebody yells out, to Chad Mendez that says, you've got less than 36 seconds. Or they even said it. I think they actually said they're like, you have 35.9 seconds to submit Jeff Glover. And I was like, damn, son. All right. That's very specific. The problem with that was not an easy task. As he was being told that Jeff Glover was busy on the top of the cage celebrating <laughs> as someone had to remind him, could you please come down? You know, he has to have his turn now as per EBI rules. Which state that you can either win via three periods of overtime of whoever has the fastest submission or the fastest escapes if there are no submissions. So he got his submission. That meant that Chad got the time to respond in kind. Uh, 35.9 seconds to be exact now that we're we're going through it. So Chad takes that and takes his back and I think he submitted him in about 12 seconds, which is very impressive. And I think Glover knew it was bad and – He turned him over to his side, and Glover taps. So they do the interview with Chad, and Chael's uh, question that he asked to him in true Chael mode, which, by the way, uh, having Chael do the after interviews is perfect. It really suits his game show-esque mentality very well. Mm -hmm. So they have him go up to him, and he goes, Hey, man, how? Oh, he does look at Every time he grabs the mic, it steps out on the mat. So it, it looks like he's just like, huh, this is great. Yeah. I think this is what he really wants to position himself to do now. And he just goes, hey, Chad, how did it feel to ruin grappling? And Chad just kind of laughs it off. He's like, no, nah, no. Nah. He's like, there's a lot of respect to blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Boring, boring, boring. Okay. Good match. Great stuff. They go over to Jeff Glover. They ask Jeff. And, you know, they're already starting to set up these rematches, which is kind of interesting because that's exactly what they said when Gary lost a shoe face. We'll get to that in a second. So they come on over and they go, all right, I hear you would like a rematch. Like, did you know, though, I saw it look to me like you were celebrating. Did you know that you had to give him time to respond with a submission? Glover, not batting an eye, not missing a beat, says, nope. 
Nope, totally didn't know. So either Glover had like spaced out for a little bit because I think he's seen an EBI or maybe competed in one or two. So I think he literally just if he's saying that to be funny, which very possible. Sure. But for Glover to say like, nope, I just was I was really happy and I jumped up on the cage because I submitted Chad Mendes. Oh, wait, I have to. Oh, shit. I have to let him. All right. Well, if you say so, rules. Oh, son of a bitch. I'll go back. I'm on it. So that's my bad, guys. So in response to the rules and somebody asking me about it, Kev, I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, they said, because they were like, well, what is it? Like, how did those rules go? I thought I saw, and a lot of people saw the clips out of there. So they see Jeff Glover uh, get the submission, may not understand that it wasn't in regulation. It was an overtime. So I explained the rules. I explained the overtime. And the response I got from one of our friends said, that's homo, dog, which, uh, no, but it's unfortunate, maybe. Uh, But it also actually was super exciting because normally when you get beat very quickly and submitting Chad Mendes is no easy task. So submitting him in 36 seconds, which requires him to submit Jeff Glover in 35.9 seconds, it's a tough thing to do for both counts. So... Especially someone made of rubber. And I will say, I, it's not that I wasn't impressed. I just, I was like, wait, I thought, uh, I just thought Glover could put him in some bad positions. Doesn't seem to like to take the back for someone with okay, a skill. Okay, but, but let's, let's do this, Kev. How many times have you seen Jeff Glover submit people recently? Not, not many. Okay. He's capable of it. Sure. And he does pull off surprise ones, but... Glover just goes to entertain the fans, and I think Chad is very hard to leg lock, so I think it makes it a little unconventional. And to his credit, every time Chad was putting pressure on him, Glover was getting great hooks under with his legs and lifting him up and really neutralizing a lot of that good wrestler pressure. So it was fascinating to watch in that realm. I would agree with you in saying, yeah, maybe there's a disconnect. Maybe maybe we've all like had the Jeff Glover mystique. But, like, he doesn't care, and he's just trying to entertain us. And he's already talking about his next match, so womp womp. And he's taking it in stride. I think Pete the Greek was uh, filming him a little bit after, and he cut a promo afterwards on his Instagram. And he's like, well, guys, I lost. And then you had somebody come over. uh, I think it was Pete the Greek off screen who goes, no, you didn't lose. And he goes, I did lose, dude. If you lose, you lose. And he's like, but, like... By technicality, he's like, yeah, dude, I lost in overtime, but that's still losing. So, like, eh, shut up, whatever. Which, by the way, was the mindset taken by Gary Tonin. So let's try and trace you through the week that was for Gary. Wait, because which, what was the attitude for Gary? Obviously, Gary uh, lost during regulation. So. <laughs> yes. Yes, and Gary I think was, it's time to start talking about, is Gary Tonin over, Raf? And I, I can't. Well, I don't want to overreact or pull a Skip Bayless. I got but you. But he's I got you. done. He's lost. <laughs> He's over. Benito. I'm surprised Danaher still has a job. Hodger should look for someone else to teach his, his advanced squad. That's just what I think. Let's do this. There's a few things we should bring up. The first one was one of our very own listeners, Tyler. I think it's Tyler Basinger, if I'm correctly remembering. He put up something, and it's it's kind of in jest, but it also was a way that some people feel because – uh, I was thinking about this today. I was like, you know, Gordon's competing today, and he's already starting to call himself the king again. He's like, ah, the king's back. So in response to me saying this, 
Gary put up a status update after losing, and we'll walk you through how he lost in a second. But uh, you know, Gary put up a status that says, many of my friends are trying to comfort me by saying things like he was too big, he was too strong, fuck that, that means nothing to me. Some people may be comforted by all of those things, but that is what they expect, a loss of themselves, and I do not expect one. When I started competing in BJJ, I had a goal. As a white belt, I wanted to become an ADC absolute champion. When your goal is that, you can never say to yourself he was too big or too strong. You have to find a way to beat strength, to beat size. There is no pound for pound. So I will find a way to be the best with what I was given and the resources around me, which, I mean, given how stupid he is, yikes. Um, but don't try to comfort me with my loss. That's the last thing I need is a pat on the back when I lose. Uh, what I need is a kick in the ass. I'm coming at you with fire in my eyes, Gabe Argus. I'll see you all at Fight to Win Pro this Friday. So what do you think my response was? Gabe Arges, I could <laughs> Gabe beat Arges you life. in a dumpster. I could beat <laughs> you outside of a Chili's. I could beat you at a Famous Dave's if I wasn't so distracted by their fantastic barbecue. And so, I'll beat you there. And you volunteered to fight instead? Absolutely. The response I put was, so Gary I'm sucks. all hopped up on the fucking wrestling, Raph. This is 100% your fault. Well, I'm right. Just know that. But the response I put was, Gary sucks. Is completely what he would expect you to say if he loses. So thus, Gary sucks. Every time we do this, and Gary's been around where <laughs> people have lost around him, I'd be like, hey, what do you think? You know, Gordon was pretty good out there. And Gary goes, ah, Gordon sucks. And I'm like, he had a really good performance. He like had three wins. Yeah, but Roth, everybody knows that Gordon sucks. He just sucks. So this is me responding to him. And I guarantee you it's exactly what he would want me to say. And I'm saying it now. Gary sucks. And guess what, Kev? I have the internet that will back me up on this. Because no sooner than when he lost, did we have people trying to break down why he lost. Why he lost was he got hit with a triangle. A flying triangle. By a big dude. A big dude who's nicknamed Shoeface. But we're not there yet. Let's get to how we got to Shoeface. Because in the week that was, Gary was supposed to fight... God, I don't remember who he was supposed to fight anymore. He was supposed to fight... Uh, Hector yeah. Lombard, I, if oh, I remember yeah. I'm sorry, that was the first person, yes. So a real then, world. It's hard to keep up with. So. It is. So Hector, uh, I don't know, came down with something, got injured, came down with a case of steroids. Who knows? Who can say? I it, don't know what these It wasn't are, Thanksgiving. We know he did not come down with the Daniel Cormier case of case of Thanksgiving. No, 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 no. So Gary um, was in tailspin. They didn't know who they were going to replace him. Well, no sooner than later, guess who stepped up to the plate? One, Mr. Chael Sonnen, who just lost to Tito Ortiz. So if we're being honest here, Chael was willing to Vince McMahon his way onto the card and say, I will step up. And I thought that was great. And that Gary is. was thinking about it from the opportunity of, man, this is my opportunity to go ahead and talk shit to the best shit talker in all of MMA. <laughs> so... It was an exciting time for about five minutes until later on that same day, Bellator decided to be a lame and decided to pull Chael from the event because they have a six fight contract with Chael, which he says he intends to honor. And the rest of us say, you don't need to like we good. Chael's so much better in this. And I'm not even saying it would have been an exciting grappling match. I think Gary would have tooled him up. And I think that would have been fascinating and fun to watch. Way more fun than anything Tito was allegedly fake or not fake. 
submitting Chell with. So and the joke we put up was Gary's a better trash talker. Well, Gary's a much better trash talker. Gary can open his mouth and say a sentence, Kevin. <laughs> of course. Tito Ortiz struggles with the English language. Period. All right. <laughs> so now we get to this point where we realize the fates have sunk in and we're not going to get to see Gary shit talk, uh, you know, Chael. So Chael has to be removed. And I guess we're pissed because we're saying, why is it that Bellator is going to let Chael compete in the fakest looking main event that we've seen since the last fakest looking main event from Bellator, but instead want to pull him from this very real grappling match with Gary Tillman. So Chael doesn't even get to fight on his own promotion, which sucks certifiably. So then they have to find a new opponent. So then when they find a new opponent, they're definitely building up his wins, you know, in, in Guy and in, uh, you know, the fact that he was competing IBJJF rules, like all the sorts of stuff, which super legitimate. But then we find out his nickname is Shoeface. And I'm, we've seen him fight in the UFC before. But if you can tell me his full name now, it is mostly because he caught this triangle on Gary. <laughs> but you know him mostly as Shoeface. So we will refer to him as Shoeface thus way going forward. Kevin, walk me through your interpretation of how you saw the match go. I enjoyed Shoeface's initial joke where he came out giving a little like they were about to fight. That seemed to sort of break the ice, and I was like, uh-oh, he might be in Gary's head. Everybody focus. Somebody's being funny and playful. And then I saw what was some pretty serious pushing up against the fence, which is a nice intermedium here where the MMA guy gets to put a little uh, anger into the jiu-jitsu guy, and I think that's a good strategy, honestly. Because if you're trying to mess with people, it's just a little bit better to give them a little head to the head to the forehead which is what he did he put his forehead right in the chin of Tonin kept him up against the cage kept movement but Tonin wasn't phased I did see though and it's one thing to watch it and I I watched it a few times looking back he sets up what he eventually shoots for a submission which is the flying triangle he sets it up three times before he goes yes it's amazing he feels it out, feels it out, feels it out, and then what looks like pure aggression, force, and some swiftness throws it right on. That guy looks terrifying to me. Kevin, it's hard to look at somebody named Shoeface with sure. the real regalness that they are deserved. Because Urban Dictionary defines Shoeface. <laughs> As one whose face is so terribly distorted that it was referred to something you would shove feet into. Which, great job, Bourbon Dictionary. And it begs the question, when I saw this, I was like, well, considering how good they are at footlocks, that's really the last thing you'd really want to shoot in somebody's face. So, uh, however, I do enjoy the uh, use it in a sentence on shoe face here. It says, there is a shoe face in every biology class. And she wears funny pants. <laughs> Good use of it in a sentence. So anyway, kids, that's what this guy's nickname. So that tells you the kind of life he has and that he's probably got a good sense of humor because you can have any nickname in the world. But then if you embrace shoe face, then you go, eh, whatevs. That works. And by the way, he doesn't really have like that terrible of a face. He looks pretty normal. So it's it's kind yeah. of a shitty thing to say. I about think people somebody. will be surprised by his handsomeness. 
No, Kevin, look at you. That's just my thought. Yeah. So, um, great. Sets it up nicely. Somebody says this, Kev, and I need to get your opinion on it. it. Yeah. Because you, you were describing it very nicely, but I need to get your opinion, which is in response to this sentence, which says basics always win. Wait, what? Mm hmm. Basics. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. Do you have some sort of weird opposition to that statement? Yes, I do. Okay, can you please explain your opposition? I'd love to. Flying okay. triangle, while a great move, <laughs> not what I would classify as basic. Kev, I want to be 100% with you right now, right here, right now, when I say we are almost 80% exact in our response. <laughs> because my response to this guy on our Instagram <laughs> was... I'm not sure a flying triangle is a basic. No. And I said, is a basic. Because it's I wanted to basic. make sure that this guy understood. Not like a basic move, but like a basic. Like as in a basic bitch kind of a thing. So listen, I tried to be as reasonable with it as possible. And this is what he came back with. But before I, I read what he said, are we on the same page here? Which is you don't see flying triangles every single day unless you're Edwin Najmi's training partner fair yeah okay but even edwin i'm pretty sure would be like yo dog it's not basic like the flying triangle is not a flying anything (laughs) there's nothing basic all right here's the response kev here we go uh flying is just the medium of how he got to the submission the submission he won by was a triangle (laughs) choke Okay, yeah. All right, well, flying armbar, more difficult than sitting armbar. Big Mm -hmm. FYI. Kevin, I I think you're just being basic right now, so just chill, okay? It's not about the medium that you took to get to the... (laughs) That he used a fucking extravagant medium with a basic move. Oh, man. Still, like, even if we're playing that role That's of funny. trying to understand what that means, I love that somebody sees this and they think, you know what, beat Gary Tonin, basics, cool, sounds great. But- Want to agree with you, except for the fact that Gary got beat by a dude who's giant who did a flying triangle, which is kind of unusual. An aggressive. And made triangle. it work. And more importantly, unlike Edwin who I think probably still would pull it off with no gi, so I'm not going to make that assessment. But, like, in gi, it tends to be a little bit easier. Without the gi, very impressive. So I'm just saying, yes, triangles are great. Everybody learn your fundamentals. We're not really saying the fundamentals are not important. But trying to attribute that win to just the fundamentals, mm, invalid. And more so because you don't see kids on the first day of, you know, jujitsu going, Hey, everybody, let's get our our basics so everybody do flying triangles because, as we know, that's a basic. Let's just do a quick warm-up of 10 Mm -hmm. flying triangles. Then we'll do some cartwheels. Then we'll do some backflips, and we'll uh, get into a roll. If you guys use just a regular triangle, Mm, don't even come to class. Uh, Just as a big heads up, and I don't know that I can make this assertion wholesale, I don't think you're triangling, Gary, from traditional. Just You're probably going to have to throw it hard and aggressive 
and from a jumping position. Otherwise, he's probably not worried about it. <laughs> so, okay. So now we go through a little bit more of the comments that we got on this one. Uh, the comments that we got was uh, from my buddy Thor, who trains with us over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. He said, eh, Tonin's still pretty okay, though. And I said, nah, he sucks now. Internet says. <laughs> you and I are clear. Absolutely, 100%. And uh, Zamina Shao was a sweetheart, came through and was saying these really good things where she said, Gary's third submission ever out of 54 pro matches by a guy with three inches and 60 pounds on him who submitted Leander Rowe by Flying Triangle. I am both entertained and still impressed. Good show. She continues on by saying, and he had like two days to prepare for this guy because the opponent changed three times in the week before his match. I'm glad he didn't let Shoeface break it because he needs the arm to battle Argus in less than a week. And to use Amina, I have to say you win fan of the week because I think that's a really cool thing to be saying because I think she understands. Yeah, it's really cool that Gary stepped up to the plate and Gary doesn't want to hear anything about making excuses or anything like that. But it is impressive if we are being honest. And yeah, he did lose. It is a certifiable, very easy to see loss. But it's one that doesn't really ruin his stock for us. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are excited, just like Excuse they were with me? Gordon. What's that? For you. It's really oh, sorry. Sorry, Kev. The thrill is gone. <laughs> the thrill is gone. The, I still think your best line was, how does Danaher still have a job? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unimaginable. It's unimaginable. Um, so anyway, I guess what we're saying is this. Zamina, you have the the pure essence of a good fan and – that's what we like to see in here. So, yeah, if you guys are excited that Gary got submitted, whatevs. No big deal. But Gary, guess what, was automatically asked if he wanted a rematch, which then started to make me think, like, hey, submission underground. Maybe, just maybe, don't overuse the instant rematch clause because it doesn't like when nothing matters right now. You're just starting. Maybe get some new people. Gary took it in stride and said he's willing to fight whoever he wants to fight. And I have to say, a lot of the guys were working a little blue tonight, Kev. You know what I'm saying? How do you mean blue? A little blue. Ladies and gents, civilians who do not do comedy. A little blue means when you are doing comedy that you're doing it with a little bit of the curse words. Now, listen, we curse on this show all the time, so we don't care. I do it more than Kevin, who cheats out. Hey, Kev, say the word fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever Kevin says the word fucking on the show, it definitely is like fucking. And I'm like, no, just just say it. Embrace it. The difference is we're not on flow grappling. And I'm not to say like they're going to be a family friendly show. But the first thing that slips out of Gary, because Gary going to Gary, is I fucking lost. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like jail. <laughs> Jail's kind of eating it up. But at the same point, looking at him like, Ugh. This wouldn't fly on UFC, kid. So this seems to be a continuing thing that goes on uh, a little bit later. So uh, we'll close up the shoe face by saying, you know, I'll watch that match again. I mean, Gary wants to avenge his losses, and it would be interesting to see how that match plays out. It's not on the top of my list because I do get excited about the prospect of Gary versus Argus. That could be great. I know there are a lot of people who want to say, like, what's going on with the Dan or Death Squad? Like, are they okay? Are they okay? They're fine. They're still super good at jiu-jitsu. So there is that. Let's go to the main event. You – I didn't – I left. I went mm. home. I haven't seen uh, Dylan, I guess, win via overtime submission escape time. 
Yes. Which isn't a commanding victory for the overtime speech he gave, but I'll get to <sighs> Wild Assertions 101 at the end of this. What happened? Okay. How was the match? Mm, pretty boring. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a little, little snoozy. Uh, let's describe. Okay, well, let's do this. What do you think the match was going to look like? I thought we'd see a lot of uh, Dylan kind of pulling guard and happy to go into some butterfly. We'd see AJ attacking from the closed position, and we'd see Dylan working a submission game on him and putting him in some bad positions. Dylan was actually more pressuring on this one. So it was a little bit of wrestling. Dylan was kind of getting the better of it. Uh, I think AJ ended up getting like a takedown like at about the eight-minute mark or nine, like super close to the end of, of anything. But if anything, it was mostly Dylan putting pressure on AJ, um, trying to head up some submissions. I want to say at one point he was uh, got a good takedown, got a good Kimura arm trap that he was using to kind of work with a sweep. Um, at one point, I think he was even working to try and get an arm bar. So, eh, you know, oh, and I think he did put AJ in some danger. AJ got out of it nicely, but he did put him in some danger for heel hooks. So it was a little... Um, it was a little tense. Sometimes the two didn't really want to engage a ton, uh, mostly because uh, they were a little bit standoffish just in the way that they were talking shit to each other. But more so, uh, you could also argue that uh, Dylan got poked in the eye by AJ because, you know, it's what happens when you get angry at people. You poke them in the eye. I do it all the time with Kevin. I'm like, mm, fuck your eye. Ow. Yeah. So it was like by the end of the match, uh, Dylan, and I don't know if he's playing it up. I think he was legitimately a little puffy on it, but uh, he's trying to cut his promo at the end with Chael by keeping his eye closed and was just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so it made it for a little weird that he's calling John Jones a bitch while also closing his eye. Anyway, but he was saying how, you know, the match went the way he thought it was going to go. And, you know, he won in overtime. And both of them had pretty impressive uh, submission escapes toward the end. Um, but all in all, not a super great match. So that was kind of what happened there. You saw his speech, right? I saw him challenge John Jones, calling him a fucking bitch. Okay. Well, that was that was it. Which, you know. back to your little blue. Little blue, little blue, and and we put up a post, and I'm I'm very very serious about this because I feel like we can be of some use in the community. We put up a post saying maybe, just maybe, we could offer our services to jujitsu folk to learn how to talk trash because mm, I don't really think we won that exchange if we're talking about grapplers versus MMA. Um, no, we'll teach you some things about how to maybe more subtly draw them out because these are people that are used to hearing F you and F that and you're this. Yeah, um, we've got some responses to this as well. Um, Ryan Picado says McDouche rubbed off on him. <laughs> Potentially. Didn't specify it was sexually, but yeah. No, he rubbed up on him. All right, Heather Vallata says, this whole shit-talking thing is really annoying. People in BJJ world don't know how to do it properly. Truth. Tell a story. Set up the conflict. Spark some interest. Don't be an idiot about that. Well, Heather, <laughs> you can't tell the jiu-jitsu guys not to be an idiot. That's what they do best. Like, Gabe. Don't, don't take our breathing away from us. <laughs> we couldn't be an idiot about that. We couldn't do a podcast. So shh. Gabe Calvento says talk the shit talking from grapplers towards MMA fighters is kind of silly upside down happy face. All right. We're there. 
And Andrew Esquerdo McGregor says, calling John Jones a bitch, not the smartest thing I would say. And grappling, Dylan can definitely take it to John Jones. I wouldn't rule out that Dylan can definitely submit him or come very close to it. But outside of grappling, John Jones can hurt him very badly, to say the least. Sure. I mean, it's just it's just kind of lame is what it comes down to for us, because as Heather pointed out very nicely in her assessment, doesn't set up a story. doesn't set up anything. It just basically is like, yo, bitch, what are you going to do? And it's like, OK, unless you're a Diaz brother, which, by the way, is art. Don't try and confuse using the word bitch and throwing it out there without having the true skill and practice that it takes from years of refining it so that when you do say it. It holds weight. For example, let's look at Dylan saying bitch and be like, John Jones, you're a bitch. Throws the mic. Doesn't actually do a mic drop. Okay. Now let's listen to a Diaz brother. Let's see if you can figure out who saying the word bitch. You know, I didn't want to say you're just being a fucking bitch. And like, everybody knows you're being a bitch right now. And yeah, I'm just saying nobody ever is. First of all, that's obviously Nate. It could be either. And they do say it better. They say it with a little more gusto. It's like Dylan only partially believes it. He's like, yeah, I am kind of riding the Connor thing. Uh, If we're just all being honest, I'm trying to start a little random feud. I thought I'd fight him here. And I I guess here's my biggest issue. You didn't submit AJ. What the fuck Mm -hmm. are you talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. Submit him and then call somebody out, but don't win via narrow victory and then be like, now's the time to start thinking about what's next. It's like, no, now's the time to figure out why you couldn't beat AJ more convincingly. Well, then it got a little weird and uh, great assessment um, because AJ gets the opportunity to talk. And I thought this was a way more apt comparison because I feel like AJ is trying to play from the Chael Sonnen playbook a ton so it was really weird to see the two of them together and apparently there was some discussion and it, uh, i think it was chael who's trying to get to the bottom of it and i don't know who's telling the truth here and i'm going to be very honest and upfront and saying i don't care but let's tell you the story as per both sides which was I, I i just don't i just i like when you hear this story and if you know what i'm talking about you're probably going to be like i don't care but Let's go there because it's maybe important to these fighters. Maybe it's important to you. I don't know, but I don't care. All right. Here's how it works. AJ went on the offensive yesterday saying that Dylan came in at 197. They had agreed to, I think, be 180 or something. So he's trying to set up this thing of how much more he's probably going to be giving up like 30 pounds of weight. He said that they had agreement to. Gordon Ryan chimes in, and you know when Gordon Ryan chimes in, you're getting news from the source. Gordon was like, yo, I don't care who's telling the truth. I hope they both lose. But, eh, whatever, I don't care who wins. So (laughs) we get all these different kind of uh, stories, and I'm not even sure Ricardo and uh, Nate had it set on the commentary, but they were telling that story as well. So Chael, being the investigative reporter that he is, decides to get to the bottom of it and give AJ the opportunity to speak his mind. So AJ does. And AJ looks at him and he goes, yeah, so what was the deal about the weight? And I'm thinking this is the guy who's putting together the event. So maybe, maybe he would know something about the weight. Like maybe they did agree to it. Right? Yeah. Well, it's also possible maybe he didn't know. But odds on favorite say the guy who's putting it together might know or create the weight classes. Which, by the way... 
if Gary was going to fight Hector Lombard, it doesn't really sound like there was a weight class. In fact, Chell <laughs> even said the words open weight class, but you guys had an agreement. Sure. So I think that was Chael's way of saying, like, mm, I don't know. It really wasn't me. <laughs> so who can tell who's telling the truth here? Again, I don't care. But we now get to this point where the two of them are talking. And AJ looks at him and says, uh, yes, Chael, you may have forgotten because you were fighting this week. But we had come to an agreement that we were supposed to hit, let's say, 180. I can't remember if it's true, but I think it is. We were supposed to both be 180, and he didn't come in. And then AJ started going off the cuff and being like, he was being a little bitch too, and fuck that guy, I don't want a rematch. And I have to say, and he was working to figure out what his line was going to be. He walks away. The crowd's kind of starting to be a little rough on him. But then he gets his one good line in, which was, you know, I have to say, for being Conor McGregor's grappling coach, I expected more. Hey, 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 there you go. And the audience was like, Ooh, but like not like a full married with children. Ooh, it's just kind of like, ooh, ooh, okay, great. Good line. That was it. And then they started asking what he wanted to do. And he said he wanted to rematch with them. But uh, again, we're using the rematch clause in this fucking fight show, which means if you like submission underground three, get ready for the same thing at number four. So moral of the story is, Kev, I don't know what the fuck happened, but do you care if they were supposed to be an agreed upon weight by any chance or way or form? Uh, Just a little bit, not a ton. I don't care a lot. And and explain your little bit, because I want to understand for an event where everybody else is fucking crazy different sizes against each other. That was all I was going to say. Everybody else is crazy different sizes. Seems like weight's more of just a guideline here. I thought it sounded like it was like a gentleman's agreement that they had come to. Well, was the way it almost writing? sounded. I don't know. I don't know. And I, you know what? Who knows? Maybe AJ will produce something in three days and we'll say, okay, cool. We believe you, AJ. And we probably still won't care that much. But as it stands, it's not like I don't care. No, no, I'm still there. And there you have it. And overall – they that's kind of their thing. We're just pinning people up against each other. Not necessarily. So I if there was a weight agreement, it's always interesting to hear, but either have it up front or don't. And you know, it doesn't sound like it was necessarily up front. Like 'cause they were and uh by the way, for profiles, everybody had their belt listed except for Gary. It said N A. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very <laughs> funny. Not applicable. <laughs> Can I also uh, present uh, a very interesting note and idea just to maybe kind of uh, drive this home for people? Sure. Okay. If Kevin and I were facing each other, which, again, nobody would want to see, but if we were facing each other and it was like a promotion, Kevin and I, if we were put in like some contractual language that we had to be the same weight, we would, right? Uh, Or the other one wouldn't stop bitching about it well before the match started. Absolutely. We still myself. bitch about it. I know, I know. I'd we still bitch about it. <laughs> that fucking guy, we said this weight. <laughs> but, but, but if it wasn't in writing, you better believe I'm coming in at whatever weight I want. Yeah. I don't care. That's okay. it. That's what it is. And so, again, if AJ has it in writing, which he very well could, then okay, sure. Maybe he's got some more credence to it. But we're going to close this segment by reminding you guys. I, Rafa Sparza. I don't care. <laughs> he definitely doesn't. And I like Thank that you. about you. 
Uh, let's move to the fights we do kind of care yes. about because it's interesting. <laughs> Just a few yeah. of them. Because I will say watching Arlovsky and Marquardt fight younger guys is a little difficult, though I'm always excited mm-hmm. for our friend Sam Alvey, which means it's time for UFC Fight Night. Shevchenko versus Pena happening here in Denver. If you haven't seen it, uh, Shevchenko's armbar setup is unparalleled. She mm-hmm. wins via submission in round two, threw that leg over, and then ripped the arm out the back. That's the difference. Instead of waiting and trying to extend her legs, she was like, nope, I'll just take that arm and head the other direction. Loved it. What were your thoughts on what I think has like some submission of the year ability? That was beautiful. I don't even, I mean, it's hard to say because there was a helicopter submission for an arm bar earlier that evening. So also, also. it was, it was a, a fairly interesting, uh, note between the two. So yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that they had a performance of the night. Uh, given to uh, Francis Nagano, who got a first-round TKO over Andre Orlovsky, which, rough to see. However, not the roughest TKO of the night to see. Oh, who was the roughest? I just, I, I have to say, it was not easy to watch the Sarones get TKO'd. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I don't mind, I mean, I guess that's the only way he's really going to lose. Is If he's going to lose, he's going to go down. You like, know it, by the way. He's going to really, like, go, go down. And I felt like with uh, Masvidal, I think a lot of people underestimated him. I think, you know, they've recognized he was a threat, but everybody's always on the Donald Cerrone train. And it was hard because, I guess in retrospect, bringing your grandma to a weigh-in, super great, love it, think it's amazing. (laughs) But then the next day, for that same grandma to see you get kicked in, like, like, your face, your stomach, you're everywhere, and punched around... That's a little rough. So that's all I could think about. Was I was like, oh man, his grandma's the nicest, and I'm so glad he's bringing her around. But also, like, grandma, could you not watch for a week, and then we'll just chat. I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, I beat him. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so, uh, but I have to say though, uh, Juliana Pena's been, you know, she was on a tear through that division. Um, I hope she comes back stronger. And she's been on our show before, and she's let us know that she has let her arm get broken a couple times. So I was a little nervous about like how long she was going to let that go. And I got a little nervous, but you know, she tapped and we were good. So, uh, but for the 13,000 in attendance at the Pepsi center, apparently looked like a good time. No shit. And Cerrone getting knocked out. Yeah. That one's going to stick with us for a little while because he's been on a tear that was pretty pretty significant and it felt like we've seen these fights from him before but Mm. masvidal you know this also might be a situation where we're not looking in the right place masvidal's got some skill oh yeah definitely always always been somebody who's who's got something special to him uh but i think yesterday was a great place for him to showcase why he's unique and beating somebody like donald cerrone is pretty spectacular and smiling sam alvey gets Uh, in isn't that always great to see? It is. He's just so happy. Okay. Uh, a Raphael wins, which I think is always just worth mentioning on the mm-hmm. podcast. As we uh, as we roll out, anything left for UFC Fight Night Denver? Mm, no, I think we're good. I think uh, Denver had a pretty good... Uh, turned out it was good to watch it. Uh, I ended up getting back just in time to catch the tail end of it with some uh, buddies, 
so I was happy to see that. I only mildly fell asleep during because oh. uh, battling some sickness. But oh. staying sharp, doing true trooper. We were grappling with someone Friday that was like, I might be sick. I was like, oh, No, that's <laughs> fucking worst. Have we discussed the holiday sickness, though? Uh, which holiday? Just in well, the, general? The most recent one that happened. Um, I had somebody at my gym where I walked in. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go train today. I don't know. We'll see. I walk in. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be training today. And I was like, no, Raph, go train. Get your two a day in. You're going to be great. I walk in. I hear one of the guys going, <laughs> And I go, okay, don't don't freak out. Just do your thing, ref. So he comes to like drill move with me. And as he like walks over to drill move, I hear him kind of whisper or mutter to somebody like, yeah, I've been feeling a little under the weather. <laughs> I think Kevin and I were doing a podcast that same day. And I was like, yeah, Kevin, it's really funny. Oh, shit, my voice is going. Oh, fuck that guy. Oh, fuck him. Fuck him. So then <laughs> maybe a couple days later, it's right near New Year's. And I'm just like, oh, fuck him. Fuck him don't get my wife sick. And I ended up getting my wife sick and she powered through amazingly on like two days off, which was amazing to watch. I was just like, man, I'm impressed by this. And we get it together and come to find out that the guy who was teaching the class with said guy, he ended up canceling class because he's like, guys, now I'm sick. And I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know who did that. You know who you are. I don't have the name names. You know who you are. Raph remembers who patient zero is. He will for three years. Then he'll one hundred percent and, and ask, Kevin, other information. ask Kevin how bitchy I was that week. Just so just bitchy. ask him. I was not pleased because what do you do? What do you do when you can't train, Kevin? What do you do? You know, I try and work on that novel I've been writing for nothing. You just get pissed off and angry. You want to eat mostly. And if you're me, you you eat because you're fat. Stress eat. That's what you do. You stress eat because you're like, well, fuck it. Let's double down on fucking calories. I'll then. go get the slow churn ice cream and I'll do this healthy. <laughs> no, I know. I definitely, at one point, I realized, I was like, oh, I can't go train tomorrow. And I went like this. And I was like, hmm. Mm. And then I just put something of like equal or worse cholesterol in my mouth and was just like, just fucking kill me. It's fine. That's what it was. I just started eating. And then once I trained it, everything's great again. But yeah, for that, that short period of time, I was not pleasant to be around or do a podcast with. And I know that. And guess what? New year, new me. I'm back. Well, I love it. And <laughs> we're back. It's 2017. Yeah. We're rocking through January. Uh, and that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. You got submission underground three. You got some Royal Rumble. You got some UFC Denver. Though I think the crowd and myself are still trying to get over the knockout of the Cerrones. You know, it was just a surprise. Can't wait to see him back in three weeks when I'm sure he will be fighting someone just outside the gym for money. Uh, it means it's time for some shout outs. I'll kick off the jazz because you've been some places this week. Yeah, sure. I'm just referring to it as the jazz. Uh, massive compliments out to some of our people training. Ashley and Tessa are both on the fight to win sub pro card. Then we have a whole slew of guys fighting, which means training has been great at Jabera BJJ ref. Uh, the guys from catalyst BJJ have been coming down to train a little bit and just be around, which is one of Jabera's first black belts, Todd. And it's always fun to have some extra killers on the mat record class numbers. This last week, come train everybody come train. 
Let's do it. And that's going to do it for me, Raph. Well, first of all, I want to send a shout out to Will and the good folks over at Jabera because I like when you guys talk nice about me to Kevin because that's a adorable. That's very sweet. It's not true, but it's sweet. I appreciate it. I can't believe they've really heard of the podcast. I don't know if they're just being nice (laughs) to the new guy at times. It's like, "Ah, Mm -hmm. Kevin seems like he could use the confidence boost. Maybe, maybe. I don't really want to walk you through how deep that goes, Kevin, because I feel like it could get a little sad. But yeah, you know, they like you. Just leave it at that. <laughs> they root for you. I'm not going to say they let you have submissions, but like maybe, you know. Anyway. They do like submissions. Captain I know specifically they do. this week. So <laughs> if I had to guess what we like. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, thank you guys very nicely. Uh, Kevin uh, sent your well wishes to me, which is always very, very well appreciated. I feel you guys are extended family, so thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode, and I hope that I educated you on – I mean, granted, I can't teach you things about grappling, but I'm sure as shit I can teach you things about pro wrestling. So I give my art. You give yours. I also want to go ahead and shout out a few people who were talking to us this week. I want to shout out a guy, and and, and granted – I'm going to say his name first and then I'll read his uh, <laughs> his at sign because I feel like you have to know one to know the other. I but agree his name and I think is, I already know what we're talking about. Yeah, Mike Wascom. Okay, so Mike very nicely said on Twitter today, he said, uh, why isn't Verbal Tapcast commentating on these matches? Uh, and he hashtag at Chael Sonnen, which, by the way, very nice of you. You don't need to do that, but very nice. However, his... Like moniker on here, if I'm being honest, it's it's a little awkward, but let's read it to you. And you you draw your own comparisons and conclusions. It's not my job. But his um, name descriptive is life comes at you fast. So I do wonder if Chael does hear that, yeah, I'm interested in doing uh, grappling, commentating, that maybe he feels it's a porn bot that's – lack of better word, coming at him. I just, you know, take the, the, the real note, I would like to say. We here at the show, we're always amicable to being uh, mouthpieces. And, you know, the difference is Kevin and I are kind of broadcasters. So we're happy to lend our talents to those uh, big events. We talked about this all week, Raph. You can see the way Antonio's <laughs> setting up the triangle. He loves to throw that flying triangle We've studied it in tape, and we've asked his coaches, what's the secret? And they all say it's just dedication and hard work. Well, you know, Kev, I really got to be honest. I've been training with him several times this week, and I can tell you his name is Shoeface. Oh, wow. However, if you translate that uh, from his uh, whatever foreign language he comes from, it means the face of the shoe in Latin, which is very different. I did not know that. Thank you. That's, That's different. See, you guys sign us up. You get that kind of magic. Oh, and you All off the cuff, the too. Is below the waist. That's big. Yeah. That's, the, that's what we bring. <laughs> that's what we bring, guys. So, uh, anyway, thank you very much. Life comes at you fast. Hey. <laughs> I couldn't have had anybody nicer say it. We want to say what's up to Mark Shipper. We want to say what's up to Matt Zaccaro. Big MMA guys who were following along with the Royal Rumble tweets that we were doing earlier today. I also want to send a shout out to Ruben Avelia because Ruben was bringing up this fact from our last week's podcast, which, Kevin, maybe you might have something to say. But he's like listening to Verbal Tapcast's newest episode. It's the little comments that crack me up, a.k.a. 
don't be a Canadian about this. <laughs> Which we said. We know. We were encouraging a lack of politeness. <laughs> we were trying to get more angst. <laughs> So number one, number two here, and this one made us laugh a lot, which is, did you guys really discuss who the better looking Diaz brother is? Well, let's be very clear. One of us was really pushing that conversation. That would be me. I'll mm-hmm. also, mea culpa. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, definitely remember being responsible for that, and uh, I stand by my choice. It's Nate. As you should. Uh, let me see here. So we've, we've got all that going on. I also want to send a shout out to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Guys, this Friday, Fight to Win is in Los Angeles. I will be there, fam. So if you want to see me and say hello, please come up and say hello. Uh, I know you guys sometimes, if you're around and you see me, sometimes you'll tell me things afterwards like, yo, you were talking to people and I didn't want to interrupt. You're not going to interrupt anything. I will tell Gary Tonin to shut the fuck up for (laughs) one minute so I can talk to you. Especially now that he's a loser. He's just, no he's one's impressed. <laughs> impressed. You know it's weird? I should probably text him when the show's done and just say, you suck, just so he knows that we just, care. We should keep him posted on that. Okay. No. I'll keep him updated on how much he still sucks. Perfect. So anyway, uh, there's that. But uh, the reason why I bring up Fight to Win, not just because I'll be there, is because our good friends uh, Drew Murillo and Eric Medina will be competing there this weekend. So that is Friday night is going down in Huntington Beach. If you guys still haven't gotten tickets yet, please do so. You can talk to Eric. You can talk to Drew if you haven't picked up those uh, because every bit that we can support the athletes we want to do. And I'm so excited to see a number of our friends who are competing on this card. So I'm very excited. Um, again, if you guys see me, say what's up. Excited. Great. Let's move on to Valley Martial Arts Center. VMAC. All right, guys. Um, I actually had a symbolic little thing go on this weekend. I was at Valley Martial Arts, and I realized it is my five-year anniversary there. So I uh, I had a nice moment, I guess, earlier this week where I was thinking, you know, when I stepped in foot there, I guess all those years ago, um, I was looking for something fun to do. I knew I always wanted to do this. I had done grappling for a little while before, off and on. And uh, I really wanted a place that would stick. And I was so mad I would try out every gym. And I loved a lot of the gyms I went to, but they didn't fit me. But the reason why VMAC fit me was not only were they cool with me going around and uh, doing podcast things and then coming back here and uh, training at a bunch of different places. But they were always so supportive, and they're always so great to me. So I just wanted to send a special shout-out to them because um, while it's symbolic and great for me, I think it's even better that when I get to chill and see those good folks, um, it's also a big acknowledgement of why I like them so much is because they're good to me, and they're very nice, and they're very good training partners. So my thanks to them for five great years and hopefully many, many more. So I wanted to go ahead and send that big shout out to them and thank them for their time and uh, all of their great jujitsu. Um, great class today. Hassan taught it. Good people there. Very good training. We're going to have uh, classes on Sundays now that either John or Hassan will teach. And then there's going to be an open. Uh, and then they're going to have an open mat afterwards. There it is. Uh, so that way, if you guys are looking to train, you can do that. 
So uh, feel free to come join us. If you belong to a different academy, it is free for you guys to come train with us. So we are always looking ready and forward to seeing people get out there. And I wanted to say my last shout outs for um, a couple people, but Eric Medina and Joy House got to see them compete this weekend, was very proud of them. We've got some stuff to work on. I'm very excited about that. Uh, but I wanted to send a special shout out to my buddy Octavio. So I guess I'll tell you guys the story real quick and then we'll call it a day. But um, Octavio was being a good guy and was giving rides to everybody. Unfortunately, ended up missing his category to compete in. And I guess I wouldn't tell the story unless you knew what a good person Octavio was to be doing everybody a good solid. So it made me bummed out for him. We were able to laugh about it a little bit later in the day. But I just hope that Octavio knows he is uh, a vital part of our, our good network at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. He's always appreciated. And uh, I just want to, I guess, maybe put out this as a calling card to people, whoever's fighting him next. Just know that he's going to come with fire because when you miss the opportunity to compete and all you want to do is compete. He literally went up to the table and was like, hey, fool, like, just give me anybody. Like, throw me in the purples. Like, I don't care. I just want to, like, roll with somebody, man. <laughs> And they couldn't find him one. Uh, they just didn't want to do one. And I was like, you know, it's a big bummer. And I understand. I get it. But uh, Octavio's good people. He's always good to us. And uh, he shouldn't be reprimanded or made to feel bad for being a good guy to us. So, Octavio, you're good people. This week, I might let you submit me. But probably not. Okay. Huh? Look at that. Look how nice I am. I'm giving. That's really what I am, Kev. You're trying. So I think, my friends, that is really going to do it for me this week. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. And go to Fight to Win Friday night. Medina. Medina.